Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. This meeting of the Movie Council is now in session. Hello, everyone. Welcome this evening to the Movie Council podcast. I'm your host, AJ Sherry. And alongside me tonight is the Movie Council's daddy, Dan Sherry. hey you, The smooth-talking Southern gentleman, Marky Bondurant. Good evening. And each and every week, the Movie Council brings you the latest news, reviews, and deep dives into our favorite films. And tonight on the Movie Council podcast, we're catching up a little bit on some 2022 films before we head properly into 2023. And we're going to talk about The Banshees of Inner Sharon, which is getting a lot of uh, award type, and the new Knives Out film called Glass Onion, which is also getting a lot of good reviews. Uh, but before we do that, I'd like to see how everyone's take the temperature so to speak see how everyone's doing tonight dan how have you been brother not too bad uh fucking great to be back you know we uh, took a week off for the new year and uh and we're back at it so uh i had i had a good new year's eve to you know didn't leave the house but uh you know it was still fun we you know rented uh the, the live fish show from madison square garden and watched that and Drank a little champagne, so it was a you know a, a fun New Year's Eve spent in the house. So, That's how about you? How, what did you guys do for New Year's Eve? We haven't even talked about that. Nothing, actually. Yeah, nothing I did all. Yeah, <laughs> Stayed in. Yeah, the, isn't that sad that the highlight of my New Year's <laughs> Eve was that I rented a video on demand? <laughs> no, you did it more than I did. Yeah, right? really, really. I think I. I think I binged Lego Masters or something. I don't know. <laughs> Impressive. Fuck boys, we're getting old. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't watch a countdown or nothing. Yeah, yeah, I, that that didn't happen for me either. Um, but you know, it's a new year, new me. So hey, Mark, hey, yeah. how you doing, brother? Doing pretty good, man. Yeah. Um, I guess the last time that we we did a show was around Christmas, right? So. Mm-hmm. um yeah christmas went went really well i was actually surprised how smoothly it went with having a two and a half year old and a baby you know and mm. bouncing around between different families and having full days full multiple days driving all over the place um actually went pretty damn well uh kids were happy i never lost my shit i don't think of course you know it was I had a beer pretty much in my hand constantly. Um, and the fact that I didn't have to work that much for like three straight weeks played a good part in my mental health too, I think. But yeah. And then uh, New Year's Eve didn't really do anything, but New Year's Day went and watched a football game at my brother's house, uh, had some barbecue, that kind of thing. You know, that was a lot of fun. So he actually had to spend Christmas working he works for the air national guard and he was flying he went to germany and then kuwait and was bouncing back and forth and had i think he spent christmas on the tarmac in kuwait but uh so we kind of 
had a little some Christmas drinks on New Year's Day and that kind of thing too. Nice. So, uh, oh, oh, granted, you know we, we're a movie podcast, but let's talk about this. Speaking of football, holy shit! Oh no, man! Guys, see what happened to Demar Hamlin? Yeah. Oh my god! How fucking scary is that? Because like, it, you know, like in football, a lot of times. People get injured, you know, there'll be some like crazy hit. A guy gets flipped over and lands on his head, hurts his neck, shit like that. But this was just like just like a regular fucking tackle. There's nothing crazy about it, nothing like you know, no one like hit him with their helmet. It was just like a regular fucking play, and this dude almost dies on the field. 24 yeah. years old, incredible shape, and they have to revive him multiple times like the I, yeah. I was reading afterwards they had to revive him on the field took him in the ambulance and before they got to the hospital they, they the had ambulance to revive him field. yeah they had to revive him again but yeah yeah scary scary shit good news he is doing better i just saw uh like a couple hours ago they took the breathing tube out um he's able to talk and breathe on his own it seems like cognitively everything's still there he didn't get too right. fucked up from the lack of oxygen um but yeah super scary shit man Incredibly but yeah, scary. good good to see he's doing better and the other thing i loved that i saw so uh he had like a gofundme for a toy drive he did for kids in pittsburgh that's cool uh like you know a year ago and he's trying to raise like twenty five hundred dollars and that night it had not even gotten to $2,500. And then people found it and started donating. As of today, it has over $8 million in there. Jesus. Everyone was just like, try, wanted to do something to fucking make this dude feel better, help out in any way they could. And it spent $8 million donated to his charity. Yeah. Pre pretty awesome. It was, you know, good, wow. good to see people coming out like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, 24 years old. If anybody watched that uh that play, that's that, why it was so scary cuz oh. just, you know, it looks like any other uh regular yeah. football play, scrimmage, they get up, they he takes like one two steps and then just falls back like Lash. lights out. Yeah. And then players around him immediately start waving for uh, you know, first aid, come over. Mm -hmm. scary yeah ambulance they didn't, they didn't even take him out on a stretcher ambulance just yeah. drove straight onto the field right out came and got him. yeah yeah so but yeah so I, ha I had to bring that up but uh get back to aj how yeah, about AJ, you, how, you how, how, how has your new year's <laughs> been huh? uh like i said uh, actually i didn't now that i think of it i didn't binge lego masters i actually watched those two college football playoff games oh my god what great games huh yeah, they're really really good games i don't really keep up with college football but the games mm -hmm. were were fun entertaining and i watched both of them beginning to end mm -hmm. it's the first time i think i've watched two college football games in the same day in years right so. <laughs> but they were good games it was worth it so yeah uh, nice. yeah so hey uh dan where can people find us? Oh my god, that you know what? That's a fantastic question, AJ, which I totally wouldn't have brought up if you didn't remind me. Thank you. Uh yeah, we we are on social media. We're on uh Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. We can be found at Movie Council Pod. Uh you can send us an email if you got some anything for the show. You send that to Movie Council Pod at Gmail. 
And uh, wherever you're listening, make sure you are, are subscribed to the show and you rate and review us. It helps us out tremendously, and we super appreciate it. We sure do. And uh, I guess before we get into tonight's topic of the week, we got some news. Am I right about that? Indeed. Well, we do. There's been a, some interesting stuff going on. Uh, you know, right. let's... Um, Mark, you want to lead us off with our, our DC news and everything yeah, so going on is... in that world? Right. There's there's some more um, pressing current events, and we'll get to that shortly. But mm-hmm. there's the DC news with James Gunn that we've been sitting on for a little bit because every week there was multiple releases of more information, things that were happening. You know, James Gunn has been given the helm on this DC ship to try and steer it into a way that gets more meat in the seats and makes more money because you know James Gunn was working at Marvel. And he's the one that uh, did the first and second Guardians of the Galaxy and really kind of took the Marvel comic movies to another level when they were halfway through their, or even two, two thirds of the way through their, uh, their, that first chapter, um, he really kind of boosted it. He gave it a new life. So mm-hmm. And James Gunn has done, uh, he did the newer Suicide Squad movie, which was great. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of positive reviews there. And then he did the show on HBO, uh, Peacemaker, which was a spinoff uh, from Suicide Squad, starring John Cena. And that was really good. So That was James, amazing. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. James Gunn has been given like free roam, of, you know, whatever he wants to do now with this, the entirety of the DC projects and one by one he just started axing the main leads and films projects so henry cavill superman done out ben affleck batman done out um i think uh, jason momoa aquaman like all of them all of them got axed mm-hmm. and even just gal like, gadot as wonder woman right all, she's all amazing she's like the one thing that worked and they're getting rid of her too. It's in 1984. Insane. I could I could talk to you at length yeah, I mean, and argue right. with how shitty yeah. that was. Um, but you know there was, and I liked I really liked Henry Cavill as Superman, especially Man of Steel. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's a lot of debate to be had about uh, Zack Snyder. I think the his his cut that came out was far better than the mess that was released theatrically. Whenever Snyder was going through those personal problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a little bit a little bit too late, right? I mean, that was the fans asked for Snyder's cut. They got it, but it wasn't mm-hmm. what was released in theaters. It wasn't what people remembered. It wasn't what the studio got the yeah. return on. Um, so DC kept getting hit after hit after hit. James Gunn is an incredible storyteller, and he just started canning all these uh, A-list celebrities as their roles in these uh, superheroes. Um, the only person that hasn't been, we'll call it fired. It's not really fired. They're kind of getting discontinued. Um, Mm -hmm. and some of the projects that were there are getting shelved or just thrown away. The only person that hasn't been fired is, uh, Ezra Miller as the flash. They have a flash movie that's coming out. And if anybody's been paying attention to the, a little bit of media news, Ezra Miller is the most controversial by far out of all of these 
actors and actresses yeah, in this. He's DC. been arrested like three times in the past two years. Like he's just or wreaking abuse, havoc all over right. fucking Hawaii. He's wherever he is. Yeah, he's he's uh, it's it's always like drunken public uh, assault. Uh, there was a kidnapping charge at one point. Um, mm-hmm. He's and it to me it kind of seemed like it seemed to me like he was on a uh, um Shia LaBeouf rip and tear but right. on like his own in his own way like it, it seemed like he would just pop off pop up drunk in some random theater and just start hitting people <laughs> what are you doing um anyways they found Ezra wherever he was off fucking around and I, my theory is that the studio just sat him down chained him to a chair and you know had a, a real come to Jesus talk with him because mm-hmm. he has been a real good lad lately and they're moving forward with this flash movie oddly enough so i don't know why maybe james gunn got wind of it or saw it and was like hey this will work or right. maybe the studio is like listen we put all our eggs in this basket we got to push this thing through whatever the, the reason is um and for some reason out of all of these people these top list celebrities and these stories the project that they're the only project that remains is Ezra Miller's Flash, so yeah, which is supposedly going to be a uh, multiverse movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a yes. lot, of, lot of like multiverse Michael stories Keaton's going to be in it. Yes, Michael Keaton, yeah. Batman, and Ben Affleck. I think is going to reprise his role as Batman in that too. Mm-hmm. So I think it should be the last though. Yeah. Anyway, hey, here's, I'll take here's a the craziest thing. What bothers me about it too is like they made such a big deal of. Uh, bringing back Henry Cavill. And spoiler alert for those who haven't seen Black Adam yet, but I mean, it's been out long enough. There's a a post-credit scene in Black Adam, which is where Henry Cavill Superman shows up. Fucking everyone was super excited, like, yay, he's back. And then a week later, they fire him. Like They made such a big deal of it, and then everyone got excited. And then he was gone. Like, well, that. it was it after was the Black ridiculous. Adam movie. After the Black movie, Adam came. Black Adam movie came out. That mm-hmm. shortly after that, the news was announced that The Rock is also getting canned, and the Black yeah, he's Adam be movies gone, he's, are are no longer moving forward. Yeah, he's not too happy about it either. Uh, he, uh, like he took it publicly, well, sure he said not. it uh, well, but from I don't know, little you know, rumor shit online. I've seen stuff that said I like think it took him really pissed off at Warner Brothers. So right, damn near like two decades to get that project made. Yeah. So AJ, you got a question? Yeah, I don't obviously know as much about this stuff as you guys do, but I do know something about another project Henry Cavill stepped away from, and I was presuming it was because it was Superman. Commitment, his commitment yeah. to to so DC, he, and he wasn't able to DC keep the Superman stuff, job. But now, but the Witcher, the he Witcher, stepped yep. away from the Witcher, and now they recast uh, Geralt. Yeah, who they recast with one of it's the one of the one of the, the, uh, the lesser Hems- brothers, the lesser Hemsworth. Yeah, <laughs> got re- got got right. Isn't he the lesser? It is Liam. Liam. Yeah, but yeah. How, how much does it suck to be Liam Hemsworth and yeah. now be known as the lesser Hemsworth? <laughs> He's not Thor. He's, but he's but, but, but Cavill <laughs> stepped away from you know steady work as Geralt, and he did a good job in that role. By the way, I've seen mm-hmm. both seasons. He did a good job, presumably right for his commitment to being Superman, and now he doesn't even have that. Nope. 
That's some shit, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that's during sucks. all this mess, during all this mess, somebody drummed up an old, like I think it was Forbes article. Um, back in like 2005, Forbes called Henry Cavill the most unlucky man in Hollywood. Mm. And here we are in 2022, and he still gets the short end of the stick on this kind of stuff. Because in 2005, he he uh, missed out on Harry Potter series and missed out on he lost to Daniel Craig as the next James Bond. Who was he going to so be in Harry Potter? That I don't know. I just saw like a little blip on it. It was it was 2005 was after the series had begun, so it would have been some auxiliary character. Um, but yeah, you're right, AJ. He uh, he, yeah, he he kept his commitment to Superman DC franchise, and then he was not rewarded for that. They just let him go. Sad. But and it is sad about the Witcher too because he's like he's a nerd at heart. He loves yeah. the Witcher. Like that, he's a perfect. He's, he's a perfect Geralt. Right, and there's there's stories about him getting in, uh, not fights, but having arguments with the writers because the writers apparently aren't familiar with the source material, and and he is, and he would he would tell them like that's not the way this goes, like that's not what this character is, that's not what this, yeah, you know, and they're like, well, we're the fucking writer, anyways. It'd be uh, it's it's a shame to lose them. It'll be. I haven't seen this spinoff Witcher show, and it will be. I heard it's bad. Yeah, I, I saw the thumbnail trailer for it on Netflix, and I was like, eh, I don't know about that. And now we've got uh, Thor's younger brother coming in as the new Witcher, and you don't have Henry Cavill out there telling the writers on what this lore and world is supposed to be. That it might go to shit. I suspect. Yeah, unless the writers start, you know, reading the books or something. Yeah, maybe. Or, or playing The Witcher 3. There you go. Yeah, they get that remaster out. I've been tempted to play it. Yeah, right? I think it's $29.99 right now. Yeah, it's pretty cheap. Store. A colleague of mine bought it for like real cheap for like, I don't know if it was like six ninety nine or something, flash sale like a long time ago. Right, uh, knowing that they were going to eventually probably do a PS5. I don't know. So yeah, it looks good. Stashed it in his, you know, his his library. Oh, right, because you, yeah, you get upgrade. the free upgrade. Yeah, yeah, smart. So yeah, saved a bunch of money on that, but still thirty bucks ain't bad. Anyway, thirty bucks—that's a lot of story for thirty bucks. Yeah. Um, one of the DLCs could be its own game. Anyway, sorry, DP. No, that's okay. It's right. um. Yes, sorry, DP. I I just okay. thought you were apologizing to me. I was like, no, I can talk video games with you, AJ. Let's continue. <laughs> How much time we just spent talking about DC? I, yeah. I can deal with other stuff. But uh, it, there is one other news story we 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 should uh, talk about and bring up because it's kind of a big one too. Yeah. On uh, on New Year's Day, uh, Jeremy Renner. Almost fucking died, basically. So, uh, when the story first broke, like it, it was very confusing. No one knew exactly what was going on. There was reports that his leg got ripped off, and you know this and that. But uh, some more details have come out, uh, and so far, from what we know, he was um, at his home in like Lake Tahoe in Nevada, um, where they got a ton of snow. 
And so he has this big like snow plow, like snow cat thing that he uses. And he's plowing his driveway basically to like so his friend friends and family that were there could get out. And at some point he got out of the plow to do something and made that fucking crucial mistake where he didn't like I don't know, put it in park or put on the brake, whatever. I don't know how those things work, but he didn't put it in park. And when he got out, the thing started rolling. And as he tried to jump back into it to stop it, he slipped, fell underneath it, and got crushed. And his entire chest caved in. He was like on the verge of death, bleeding everywhere. And because there was so much snow, it was very hard for the uh, emergency services to get there. So they had to fly in a helicopter and meta-flight him out of there. And it was uh, it, it was rough for the first couple of days, but apparently he too was now uh, kind of turned the corner, doing better. Uh, he had a, like multiple surgeries to fix his chest and his lung collapsed. So, but he he's getting there, doing a little better. Uh, he did finally like post something on Instagram, I think uh, yesterday or the day before about it. So he's getting there, but yeah, he was almost dead because. Of yeah. fucking his own snowplow snow ran him over because he wow. forgot to like engage the brake or whatever. <laughs> yeah, crazy. that's that's what it seems like, right? They, they haven't really come out and said, but he mm-hmm. did he did get run over by his own machine, and he was the only one operating it. So yeah. it seemingly looks like you know, yeah, forgot to put it in park or engage the brake, got out and then rolled on him. Scary stuff, man. And luckily for him, where he was, his neighbor saw him and mm-hmm. then called over another neighbor who was a doctor. That doctor applied mm-hmm. the tourniquet and gave him some first aid and they called in yeah. the emergency services. Because it took like a good 30 minutes for the emergency services to even get there. Right. That's you still know, pretty good response time snow. considering. Yeah. But I guess when you're rich, you know, you can get in there pretty quick. Yeah. Um, you know, not not movie related really but um ken block the founder of dc shoes he died on new year's day i don't know if you guys are familiar with him but well you know the, the I'm familiar DC with the shoe shoes. company yeah so he was the, he was the founder of dc shoes i knew him growing up from skateboarding because uh of course. Yeah. <laughs> all the all those skate videos i watched that'd be sponsored by dc you would always see ken block in the background he was always seemed like a really fun dude he would, you know, and then there was these DC mountain labs that were snowboard videos. Um, and he, you know, was really rich dude. And he would always be throwing parties and like hanging out snowboarding with all the pros. Well, then uh, a handful of years ago, I say a handful, probably 10 plus years ago, he got into rally car racing. And it turns out maybe just because he's really fucking rich, but he is really fucking good or was at rally car racing, um, really? like turned to be world top pro. And he's he started doing this thing called Jim Connor. And they're really cool if you're ever bored, go on YouTube and type in Ken Block, Jim Connor, spelled like gymnasium, J-Y-M. And he takes these rally cars and he drives them around city streets like San Francisco or wherever. And the, the videos will be like 10 minutes long. And it's just him ripping through the streets at full speed, cutting donuts, you know, screaming tires, pulling e-brake. It's badass um unfortunately though he passed away he died new year's day um somewhere in the snow i can't remember what state he was in but uh 
apparently he was on a snowmobile and it flipped back and landed on him and crushed him. And when they found him, he was pronounced dead on the scene. So he was like 51 or something like that. Um, Led a pretty wild life. So just wanted to kind of throw that out there, you know, somewhat similar accident, I guess on uh, new year's day, Mm. but uh, he did not make it. Yeah. Great. Way to bring it down, Marky. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> I've got I've hey, got some uh, new movies I wanted to shout out. Unless AJ, if you have some news that you're holding on to, not holding on to any news. Okay, <laughs> I saw some new posters that I'm uh, pretty excited about. You guys uh, remember the name uh, Ari Aster, uh, writer director? Remember what uh-huh. he did? Uh, yep, Hereditary, Hereditary and uh-huh. Midsummer. Correct. He's got a new movie coming out starring Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, called uh fuck i didn't write it down Bo is something like Bo is not all right or Bo no Bo is afraid that's what it's called mm-hmm. sorry walking phoenix and it's he describes it ari oster describes it as a zonky nightmare comedy <laughs> and the poster shows walking phoenix as like four different generations like normal walking phoenix young boy walking phoenix uh, teenager walking Phoenix and then old old man walking Phoenix. So that guy, I'm excited to see what this uh, writer director does next. Walking Phoenix is the shit. So Bo is afraid. It's in post production right now. Not sure when it's coming out. The other movie I saw a poster for DP. You may have seen this. I'm sure you get excited. It's called Renfield, and Nicholas Cage is playing Dracula, and oh, yes. Nick, yes. Nicholas Holt is playing Renfield. And it's mm. an action comedies vampire movie with yeah. Nick Cage as director. So that looks like a lot of fun. And the last thing I saw was that they're making a new Evil Dead movie. It's called Evil Dead Rise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks fucking creepy. And you guys know how much I love that series. So looking forward to that one too. Yeah, that trailer just dropped. Uh, second trailer actually dropped like today or yesterday. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Very creepy. All right. So. Uh, one last thing before before we get into the movies, this this will be quick. It's something I want to run by you guys. So, um, it, every year there ends up being like a couple movie releases that, uh, like, they just look like they'd be painful to watch. You know, like last year there was that Jennifer Lopez Owen Wilson movie, Marry Me. Which, oh, yeah. like, I would rather fucking eat glass than watch. Uh, <laughs> there's this new one now I see the commercials for all the time uh, with George Clooney and Julia Roberts called right. Ticket to Paradise. Imagine, Ugh. imagine, looks what, awful. Imagine what that would do to your stomach. Right? Eating glass. Eating glass or watching the movie? Yeah. Watching this, watch this eating movie. Glass. Oh, okay. Eating I think I'm watching the movie. <laughs> but it, it got me thinking, right? What if. Like in the future, when we have our little games we do, whether it's a Rotten Tomatoes game or movie trivia or the bad review game, uh-huh. well, what if we made it so whoever came in last place in that game Oof. had to watch one of these movies and then give a review on it on the next podcast? <laughs> oh my God. As dude, a punishment, the... you got to watch Marry Me it's and give us a me. review. I mean, that'd be me watching all of these. Only on really... Rotten Tomatoes game. I mean, I mean, and and again, half the time you give up halfway through Rotten Tomatoes and just put True. 69 every time. That's a good answer. 
But yeah. but you know, we do do other games as well. So it gives us some real stakes. Right? It does. That makes me want to play take it a little more seriously. <laughs> I don't want to watch that shit. Yeah. It'll make the episode much more compelling, Mark, if you're trying. Yeah. You know? <laughs> could we could we opt out and like just choose to eat glass instead? <laughs> that will be on the table, yes. Okay. <laughs> you also have to give us a review of that. <laughs> Eating glass. Yeah. One out of ten. Would not recommend. Right. <laughs> All righty then. Uh I think it's time. Yeah, almost. I, I you know, just oh. uh, com- coming to streaming or, or just came to streaming is the menu. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I've heard HBO. of this, right? HBO. Yeah. It's on HBO. Yeah, with Anya Taylor Joy and Ray Fines. And yeah, yeah, I've been waiting for that. It looks interesting. So yeah, we should do a little episode now on streaming. You know, yeah, <laughs> do a little like segment of the show. Sorry, not no. I'm glad. I'm, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I have been looking forward to that, and I didn't think it would be on streaming already. Yeah, pretty cool. Cool. So. Oh, all right. Yeah, you know what? F- fuck it. Well, well, one last thing. Speaking of now on, let's streaming, do this the rest of the episode, just... right? <laughs> <laughs> on um. Have you guys seen this on Netflix? There's this new show called Kaleidoscope. Uh, it stars Giancarlo Esposito or Esposito. Yeah, it, it as, the trailer. It looked kind of corny. So, so well, here's the deal with the show. It's got like eight episodes or nine episodes. And you can watch them all in any order. As long as the episode titled White is last. So, um. who like depending on what uh, time you log in on Netflix and go to it, the all the episodes would be in a different order. And depending huh. on the order you watch them in, that final episode kind of feels makes different. Sense and, yeah, it may, makes sense in different ways. And yeah, so, so you can watch it in any order. There's If you go online already, there's like people with lists like, oh, this is the best order to watch them in. Or if you want to be most surprised, watch them in this order. And so yeah, it, very interesting idea for a show. But uh, I, yeah, I haven't checked it out yet, but I certainly will. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that. It sounds like one of uh, Netflix's mm-hmm. attempts at doing something new. Like the, what was the um, the interactive shows that they were doing for a little bit? Yeah, well, they the did Black Mirror. Of Black Mirror, like the yeah, right. that was fun. Did cool. you guys watch that and I go through and done it yet? Uh, I, I did. I th- I can't not quite everything you could do differently, but I watched it multiple times and chose That's different cool. things each time. So, but yeah, that was fun. Yeah, the, the video game medium has been doing that a little bit with like like mm-hmm. live action stuff like that. Yes, almost mm-hmm. like essentially movies for video right. games, where where you pick the direction you want the movie to go in. Right, it's pretty neat. Right. Um. Well, oh, I appreciate your, the innovation exactly that's really what it is right right and i appreciate the innovation from netflix and trying to do that shit what i don't appreciate is them canceling 1899 right when i got invested in that fucking show thanks a lot netflix that was from the guys that created dark right it was yeah dark was fantastic dark was three seasons and it only needed but it was necessary for three seasons and uh they were also planning on doing 1899 over three seasons Netflix knew that, accepted it, and they canceled it after the first season finished. And the, the numbers were good. It was like number one in like 80-something different countries for weeks. But 
and you know the the overall viewing uh was some was some good metrics from what i was told but it just for whatever reason wasn't i guess what they wanted didn't do enough i think it was kind of expensive to shoot too so who knows mm. unfortunate maybe amazon will pick it up that'd be nice agreed all right you so, are we ready so to do we, this or should we, we actually get into the, hold on one more time right. should we actually <laughs> should we actually get into this Let's do it. Yeah, let's talk. Because all right. So our, fuck, our, they, they have some good movies to talk about. Too. All right. So yeah. our topics of the week are a couple of reviews. So these are films that I think we we've all already seen. Actually, Glass Onion I just watched today. So, you know, all of us had seen them. I think I don't know what Marky feels. I have Glass seen them, but yeah. Or anyway, so I think if you guys are cool with it, we we can take a vote, but. Should we start with Banshees of Inner Sharon just because it's it's a little it's a little on the um Those, so to speak <laughs> depressing depressing, oh, depressing. Side. that too yeah yeah I'm cool uh, with that side versus Glass Onion which is more of you know you know not light I guess lighter fare but you know it's more it's it's, it's a more fun movie yeah, yeah yeah I'm okay with this okay so the Banshees of Inner Sharon. Um, is a film directed by Martin McDonough, which came out this year, uh, starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, set in 1923, I think, Ireland. And they play, uh, they're set in this island um, off off the coast of Ireland. And it's a small community, and these guys... They they're friends. Well, they 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 they're friends, and they go to the pub every day. They have this thing that they do all the time, and they've been doing it for years. And then one day, Brendan Gleeson's character Colm says to tells Colin Farrell's character Patrick that, uh, "Hey, buddy, I don't want to be friends with you anymore." <laughs> and that's the premise of the movie. That's how it starts, and that's and from there it goes to some really funny but dark places and um i'm dying to know what dp thinks of this movie so um man i even though like you said you didn't want to be friends with him like still their their relationship and their friendship could be seen throughout the whole movie and just the I guess kind of the fallout too of him saying that and the absolute insanity of both of these guys. Like they're both out of their minds. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I absolutely loved their, you know, their chemistry and their back and forth. Obviously, like we have seen it before and in Bruges, these two are awesome together. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, this one took it to another level. Like those two were just—they they played off each other so well, and yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, that, uh, like I said, that island in a Sharon off the coast of Ireland. Actually, you know, after watching it, I went out to Google Maps and kind of looked around on that island. It still fucking looks the same, man. Like the the, yeah. the rock wall that he was hiding behind, that shit's still there. Like that island, and and I guess kind of which was the whole point of the movie. Like it was like its own thing, and it was very, you know, 
It's a character it, in itself. Yes, that's exactly it. It's its own character. And it, yeah, beautifully shot, beautiful scenery, and just amazing, amazing chemistry between these two. And I got to say, the comb <laughs> is at the beginning seemed like the saner of the two. And right. like, you know, and Patrick going crazy, like, why does he want to be friends with me? What the fuck did I do? And, and I totally felt for him, too. Because, like, yeah. it did just, it, it was out of nowhere and for no real good reason. And um, and he couldn't figure it out. The the yeah. fact that he couldn't figure it out was, like, almost the worst part. He's like, why? And no one would yeah. tell him. And, like, he was, like, starting to fear for the worst. Like, am I the town idiot? Like, does nobody mm-hmm. like me? Does nobody like me? Or is it just him? Why doesn't he like me? Yeah. But, but by the end, you see how crazy fucking Colm is, too. The right. whole... Uh, well, obviously, uh, we're spoiling it, but it, the the cutting off the fingers thing was like it make batshit crazy. Like all you're not punishing Patrick by doing that; you're just punishing yourself. Like, yeah, maybe it'll make him upset in the moment, but like he doesn't have to live with no fingers. You do. Right. It, it was such a crazy response to uh like Patrick's response to his craziness to begin with like the whole I just don't want to be friends with you cuz now out of nowhere after all these years I find you boring like why not why did it take him so long to find him boring and like well th- there didn't seem to be any real catalyst midlife crisis yeah right? yeah I, I mean could, I could it. I'd like to speak on some of that yeah go, go, go take it take it from um, I, I, I see, I can relate to both of them. Like it's not the cutting off the fingers, but I can relate to Podrick, um, with, you know, the insecurities of like, does this person not like me? You know why? And then this person's physically telling you, like, I don't, or literally telling you, I don't like you, which is almost like a worst nightmare, for, you know, confirming your beliefs. But, um, I could also relate to columns uh state of mind where at one point he says something along the lines he's like we go to the pub every day and we engage in mindless chatter and that's when Patrick's like it's not mindless chatter it's good chatter and he's but I I get it from uh Colum's point of view because like I've been there you know like mid-20s like what are we doing we go to the bar every night and we just drink and like nothing new comes of it we talk about the same shit you know so I've I've been there where i felt like i was just spinning my wheels of course you know that was like i said in my early to mid 20s and i felt like i needed to move on and do something with my life in this movie column is you know pushing 50 plus and he's uh realizes that he's got um years are waning and he he's a musician and he wants to do something with his life and he's he's fixated on this idea that uh people don't remember people being nice in history they remember things that are everlasting are things like music and since he does music he wants to write a piece that will outlive him um and, will be and there when he's, he's gone. not wrong though you right. know that's the other thing he is right about that and it's one thing that i've uh, that i thought was funny when it finally dawned on me podrick you know kept coming to column and you know uh i, I love the 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 dialogue um the way that mark mcdonough writes this something about uh it was like come to see you at 2c 
it's, it's like, well, come meet me at the t- pub at two, see? And it's always two o'clock um, that mm-hmm. he says, like, come, come see you at the pub at two. And for a while, I was like, why is it always two? And then it finally dawned on me, two o'clock's when the pub opens. So every, every day they go to the pub as soon as it opens. Um, and even his sister's like, why aren't you at the pub? And he's like, I don't feel yeah. like going. He's like, what do you mean you don't feel like going? Um, I, before I pass it to you, AJ, uh, I, I do have quite a bit of notes here that I'd like to, or kind of questions that I'd like to bounce off you guys. But one last thing before I pass the torch um, or the mic. Uh, I love the names. I mean, these are old Irish names. And mm-hmm. when you hear them, it's, you know, Padrick. And it sounds like Patrick, but the way it's spelled, there's like an asterisk and there's a D and an I and a C. Dominic. Yeah, the, uh, that name definitely became Patrick over the years. Right. You know, yeah. um, Siobhan. Siobhan is Siobhan. spelled like S I O B H A N. It's, you know, these old, yeah. these old Col- Irish mm-hmm. names, whatever. Column is uh, just C O L M. So it yeah. looks like comb, but when they say it, it's yeah. column. It's got, it's got two syllables. Yeah. Right. There's a U in there and there's another L. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I've, I've got uh, some other things I want to bounce off you guys. But AJ, what did you think about this movie? Because you saw it more recently, right? Um, I don't know about more recently. I don't know when you guys, I, you probably saw, I saw it. But I, saw, I had it in my tent. That's right. So I guess all of us, all three of us, maybe it was just TW that we were waiting yeah. on. Because I, I think, think all of us had it in our list. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I really love this movie. I um, I sent some stuff during the top 10 list to kind of highlight what I think of this. Dan, I think you brought up the the, the setting itself. And mm-hmm. I think I mentioned this during our top 10 list. It's like you can almost feel like the cold of the place. That's right. The, the, like the cold mm-hmm. of the, 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 the rocks and just like. But the heat of the sun. The heat of the, the sun. Like the, it the just, sun is so bright. The way that they filmed it was so spectacular. I thought, like, just right. kudos to the to like the way it was shot, the cinematography, just the production design. Like the way it was shot was just so beautiful. Like, just That's you would that, think a place like word, that because right? you could feel mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and and just like you would think a place like that would just be like they'd have nothing to complain about. <laughs> right. But these two guys. <laughs> One of them just wants to like. I understand what Colm's Colm is saying. Um, right? yeah. yeah, I understand what he's saying about the music, and I agree with you, Dan, that he's not wrong. But Podrick's in this position where, like, he's around the same age. He just wants to do like that's what his life's. That's the rest I, of his life. And I he love wants how this content, friend, yeah, content Podrick is. Content, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> content, and that's is what he wants to do. Like he's settled yeah. in, and he's happy, and that's his routine, and he likes it, and he mm. doesn't want that disrupted, and he wants to have that idle chit chat, whatever mm-hmm. chatter. He wants that. It's he not likes mindless that. chatter. Yeah, it doesn't. He doesn't. It's not mindless to him. It's mm. he likes it. He likes the people at the pub. He likes. You know the trips back and forth. Like he likes all this stuff. Like his, and I thought Colin Farrell absolutely stole every scene. He was just so amazing in this film. And yeah, this guy, he's incredible. Yeah, this, and I know Brendan Gleeson's great and everything, but Colin Farrell really was the star of this film. Well, and he just, and and I don't know, he's had this sort of like resurgence. He's had a great year. 
Um, mm-hmm. He's starting to get recognized a, a lot. And um, yeah, I just, I, I loved him in this and I love the supporting characters, Kerry Condon, Barry Keegan, like I thought, and the guys in the, in the pub, they were great too. Yes. The so, bartender yeah. and the little bar yeah. fly. That was yeah. They were, they were all like just really well um, drawn characters and yeah. they just, they did such a good job with that. I think that just speaks to like how good of a writer Martin McDonough it really right. is. Oh, and Miss McCormick too, right? The uh, the old lady. Oh my God, yeah. Like the... the Desperate <laughs> to fucking the hear gossip. All she yeah. wanted to, was to hear gossip. Yeah, she came around for gossip. That's like what sustained her. <laughs> and and the uh, the policeman, like the, the evil policeman oh with, with his tiny oh, little... Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, so all those characters, they were just like fleshed out and nuanced and they you know i think that's just a testament to mcdonough's writing you know Absolutely. we've we've seen this guy do some like in bruges we all love in bruges mm-hmm. and three billboards outside having missouri like these this guy can really write he can really write yeah and he puts people in these like uncomfortable positions and just like let's see how far we could push this <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like so let's see how far we go he's got to cut off all his fingers okay let's see how far we can push this. and you um, know speaking of the fingers sorry if aj if you had some no, more, no, no, i don't no, mean to cut going. you off um i can't remember if i talked about this when we were doing when we mentioned this movie on our last episode but um i did come across some uh, like article where brendan gleason was talking about the removal of the fingers and he was actually uh telling a story of that martin mcdonough had told him because brendan gleason was like why why is he cutting up his fingers as a musician and martin mcdonough had told him i just thought it was a neat idea that an artist would remove the thing that he needs and then he's he's added to it he's like i guess also it's the finality of it like i need to finish this work before this like i am going it's it won't be anymore so he you know instead of like uh postponing or uh just dragging things out he's almost given himself a finality it's like a swan song that he's done to himself and it's just you know it's open to interpretation too uh there's this movie has um a lot of underlying themes in it um i think this is martin mcdonough's my opinion his more his maybe most straightforward written or simple story maybe a a small story there's not a lot of characters there's not a lot of scene i'm sorry setting you know a shot in a in a small island they don't move around too much um but i think this is his deepest movie and that there's so many underlying themes in it it's a simple story but there's a lot to unpack once you get done with it um there's the civil war in the background which is almost a, a metaphor for the entirety of it but there's also things other things too mm. yeah so, so what i what i love about it too with that um so so like we're saying like Combe was saying oh i'm so tired of just coming here from meaningless chit chat and blah 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 yeah yet they're on this tiny island where there really is nothing else to do Right. Like, what else is he going to do but come and have meaningless chit-chat, as he calls it? But, like, that kind of is what life is. And, right. you know, they kind of made that 
island kind of uh, microcosm of fucking humanity. Like, it is, like yeah. what is it that we're here to do? And should we just fucking enjoy what we have and what we're doing while we're here, enjoy life and not worry about what we leave? Or is it important to fucking leave something? You know, like it, it's, it, yeah, like I said, very deep. And you, you think about that and having it set on that little island like that really kind of hammered that home to that, that, mm-hmm. that sense. So. Which yeah, was, I, I I loved about the you know is somehow setting. Yeah, it's um we've mentioned this a couple of times now, but it's um pretty impressive how relatable the you felt to the characters, even though mm-hmm. like as an American audience, we're super far removed from something like this, especially this story being a hundred years past. But it just it seemed very uh, um alluring is that the right word like this simple life was alluring but then once they get into it like you saw a lot of kind of reflections of your own life like getting stuck in a rut and just doing the same thing over and over again Mm -hmm. um wanting to be something more and siobhan herself was a very relatable character she was literally the smartest person on the island and was like i gotta get out of here um and i don't know it's it's so much going on like we mentioned the characters all these characters are so well uh developed and thought out and written um miss mccormick the old lady down the street at the end she's a direct metaphor for the grim reaper she's carrying a uh i forget the name of the tool a gaffer uh it's like a sailor's tool but when she's holding it it looks like a scythe and she's got like her hood up and that's when they find dominic's body right after or she points them to dominic's body so she's fucking like a direct symbol of death right there um i've got uh oh and speaking of do you think dominic killed himself in that moment um there was uh early in the movie there was a mention of someone dying in that same lake and somebody said it may have been a suicide and that's the, the lake that dominic's body is found in later but wasn't I think sure. his dad killed him. You think so? Yeah. His, his dad, AJ, we can't hear you now. Your audio seems to be out. All right. Can you guys hear me now? Yep. Yes. Yep. There you are. All right. Great. So, Marky, I don't know. I, you're right. The father did seem surprised. I think so. Um, I don't know. It's it's it, 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 I could see it being a depressing place for people Mm -hmm. i don't know like and i don't know i guess he did i guess he did kill himself i don't know he did that was also uh shortly after uh siobhan shot him down he Mm, he shot his shot with siobhan yeah and it was it wasn't like a a bad you know it wasn't harsh she i think she let him down nicely but he was also like constantly he had a rough go of it, right? His right, dad was yeah. a cop and beat the shit out of him. Right. At, at one, and, yeah. yeah, at one point in the pub, I was going to ask you guys too, do you think that the cop really diddled, diddled Dominic? Because when uh, Patrick was drunk in the pub, he said something about the cop, you know, yeah. diddling his son. And then Dominic says, I never told him about that, Pa. You know, that's, and, and then later, Patrick yeah. apologizes to Dominic for saying that. But mm-hmm. us as a viewer, we never heard that dialogue. 
So right. it's maybe he did because you know his it seems like he did his upbringing was definitely or, abusive. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Abusive, definitely but, abusive. But again, that's what made me think the dad killed him was like because that got out and right he was pissed. But I can, yeah, maybe I think, he, he did seem surprised. But then you know, I it, think maybe either... it wasn't so much surprise as like uh, actually seeing and. In front of him, like what he did, I don't, yeah, I don't know. The reaction that I kind of got from the father cop when he saw Dominic's dead body was a bit surprised, but also just kind of like remorse, like, oh shit, like my only right. son is dead, and like I drove him to this, like this is my fault, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah or yeah. maybe Dominic had an accident, but the same reaction, like I treated this boy like shit, and I'll never be able to do right by him, and now he's dead. Mm-hmm. So maybe um, maybe it's not how he died, but uh, the after the after effects or the aftermath, right? Of the cop kind of, of realizing how much of a piece of shit he is. That sucker punch that he got from Colum in the bar mm. was so satisfactory. Um, yeah. You remember what I'm talking about when yeah. the, the cop yeah. grabs Podrick and then yeah, Colum with his big old ham fist just socks him one. Bonk. Um. Another, let's see, what was my other... Which again, because that's the other thing. With the whole, like, oh, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. He, he still clearly still liked him. You yeah, know, he like, cares for him. You know, when he got punched out and he was, like, crying and so Comb fucking, like, helped him up onto his, you know... Wagon. Car- wagon and went with him. That was so sad, by the way. He, he starts crying on the way because he wants to talk to him so bad, but he knows he yeah. can't. So, uh... Colin Farrell pulls out like an Oscar performance right there on that wagon. Uh, starts going into tears. Yeah. Yeah. Again, so Colin Colin cared about him still. Right. So this whole I don't want to be your friend thing anymore was I I think it was misplaced. I think it was more of a like I I don't want to be just sitting in the pub drinking with you. I want to do more. And I think he kind of handled it wrong by saying I don't want to be friends with you anymore because I, I, right. I don't think that was the case and obviously know? the difficult part is this this they can't hide from each other right, right. because they're on this they, tiny little right. island Colin yeah. still went to the pub it's not like he didn't yeah. want well, to go to the pub anymore he still wanted to go to the pub he just didn't want to sit with Patrick anymore and talk yeah. to him he wanted um, to play his fiddle and write his song and and talk to other people except right. for Podrick, which mm-hmm. I think really, really nodded him so much, obviously. Yeah. Right. And when when and Podrick got a... drunk, he came up there and confronted him. And it was yes, like, that was yeah. a great scene. <laughs> it's the most interesting he's ever been. <laughs> yeah. So to, to add on to that though, um, I, I don't remember if it was ever said, but I got the impression that Colum fancies himself as an intellect, right? Yes. But then uh, Siobhan at one point says something along the lines of like, he's not that smart. And she says like, none of you are that smart. That's like when, I think it's when Patrick's complaining about or tells her that he says that their conversations are mindless chatter. And Siobhan says something like, he doesn't have anything worthwhile to say either. And then whenever she confronts him at the bar, um, she calls him out because I think uh, uh, Column says something about Mozart wrote this piece in the 16th century. And then as she's leaving, she's like, it was the 17th century. 17th century. (laughs) So Siobhan's clearly the smartest person around and Mm. Column, you know, I guess is a little bit 
more intelligent than Podrick. And Podrick's afraid that he's the dumbest man on the island, but then you get Dominic yeah. and Dominic is there. It's this funny kind of trickle down. But um, yeah. a lot of the story is, I think, uh, just it's almost like Martin McDonough wrote a metaphor for the civil war that was happening in the 20s in Ireland and mm-hmm. then wrote it backwards from there to incorporate these characters that were living these parts because in the end there's the movie wraps with them on the beach kind of at a truce but column right. has maimed himself during this uh you know irreparable damage and they can i forget um was it column says something about being friends again or you know being on the same i can't remember how he words it but podrick podrick's gone to he's pushed podrick too far podrick's like no we will never be you know friends again so he's like this this is only it's ah damn i wish i could remember exactly what he said because it is so much in line with a civil war and a stalemate he you know he says we're out of truce for now it'll only come the war will only come back in time more or less that's not what he said i'm not a writer but <laughs> you know direct metaphor for the civil war that's the whole movie was that and is beautifully written so much to take away from it and i want to see it again and you can just pick a lot the characters are wonderful the animals that they have podrick's got this donkey i feel like they were they were oh, they were she uh, chokes on his finger i know it's so sad oh my god that was heartbreaking like that Podrick's, his, his sister leaves his right. fucking donkey dies like everything just he lies to his sister in, so in a letter quickly oh yes. that was heartbreaking yeah I felt that uh, the the animals were very fitting for the characters. So Podrick has his donkey, uh, mm-hmm. quite quite literally an ass, um, and then Colum has his sheepdog, which a very intelligent, uh, friendly kind of animal. Well, of course, he's not that friendly, but very intelligent. So they seem to be pretty fitting animals for the people that had them. Um, I love this movie up and down, and also. I feel stupid for admitting this, but uh, I learned in watching this movie that pub is short for public house. Mm-hmm. I never fucking knew that. Right. And I said that to Sam and she said something like, you don't watch enough contemporary British television, <laughs> which I don't. So never knew that's what the fuck pub stood for. Yeah, there's actually a couple of bars here in Boston called like such and such public house. So exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah we've been part of us for and I've probably even seen them, you know, businesses in my city called public house, and it never dawned on me. That's what the pub that's what a pub was. Right. So AJ. This was your number one movie of the year. You, you got any more you want to add to this before we uh we we move to our next movie? I, I do want to hear more of your thoughts. You haven't talked much about it. I, f- I feel like I have. Um, <laughs> Marky has really encapsulated a lot of 
Yeah, I sorry. I, I don't film. I don't know what I got into, no, but I can't stop not, talking. It's fine. I just I found the exchanges between the two characters to like I was constantly waiting for the next time they were gonna be in the same room together and mm-hmm. what was gonna happen mm-hmm. between them. Well, mm-hmm. how it was gonna escalate or or how the other was one was going to react to the other and the threat of the fingers cutting was one of those things where I thought like, you know, um, it's almost like it was, he felt like it was the only way he was going to get through to him was to tell him he was going to maim himself if he didn't stop talking to him. <laughs> like right. almost like a little petulant child, like I'll hold my breath. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like I'll just cut off my finger if you don't stop talking to me. And then he did it and throws it at his door. like just, Yeah, that thud when he hears it. Right. And I thought, I was constantly looking forward to their interactions to what, and their non-interactions. Like there would be a time, there were times when like Podrick would be in the pub and he'd just be looking over at him, yeah. you know, playing <laughs> the fiddle with his buddies and just that, you know, just the way he, Colin Farrell emoted and just the way you could tell how how it was getting to him and mm-hmm. how he just couldn't understand why this guy didn't want to be his friends any, friend anymore after so much time of just doing this thing that he was so happy doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought Colin Farrell was just so perfect for the role and he just did such a perfect job just conveying um I don't know just that kind of emotion just that sort of like desperation to, yeah. to return to the status quo or whatever like just and he, you know was, what I mean? he was he was really endearing like he was sweet like i wanted to be yeah. I, I wanted to have a beer with him like you know like, I'll, I'll be i'll be your buddy there was one interaction they had where he he's doing most of the monologue and he's like i don't think brendan gleason i don't think colm said anything during this but it, he's he's he tells him like i'm nice I'm very, I'm a nice person. Like, what's wrong with that? You know, I mean, just, you know, just that, like I said, that desperation to kind of get, get back to the status quo. Like, why did this have to change? He was so, and and I could put myself in his shoes so easily. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like such a way, not that I don't like to challenge myself or go outside my comfort zone, but like, I don't know, just that, just having that sort of relationship with somebody and then having that. It, it was incredibly relatable. Not be, yeah. Not be, not be there, that for you anymore. I don't know. It just, it, there was it, hurt, it hurt me. It did. Him like that. There was something, you know, Dan said it, I said it, and you've said it now too. And it, we've all kind of like, I don't think it's the exact same moment from the character, but something out of that character draws a response from at least the three of us that yeah. we find very relatable at in one point or another in the movie. I, I mm-hmm. think that's Martin McDonough's skill and that that was his intention. He's making this, he's making the audience find themselves in this character and then wonder exactly. why their best friend isn't wanting to talk to him anymore. Yeah. And, and that, that was like the beating heart of the film was, was that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I felt every inch of that when he was feeling that pain i was feeling it so, I, I was i was like yes why he's asking all the right questions yeah. and I, he's asking all the questions i would ask right. you 
and, and she, and I, oh, did I, did I say something when I was drunk and I didn't mean to? <laughs> I, I didn't mean it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean it. Yeah, so I, yeah, it was my number one film. I just thought the writing and the acting, the setting, the cinematography, the productions, like the way the story was told yeah, just put you in such a emotional place that I just, I, I, I could go watch it again right now and just get lost in, got, get lost in that world again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I it loved was, it so much. That was a that was a special movie. Um and there is too, there's something about the like the simplicity of that life that seems like attractive too. Like right. you know, he's gotta fucking walk the cows down the lane during the day. Yeah. And then by two yeah, o'clock time they, to go to the pub do? and hang out and you know, like he he delivered uh, milk at one point and got some money, but like the, yeah. it, it almost just seems like this like fairy tale island where yeah you just kind of walk a cow every every day and then you go mm-hmm. to the pub and have beers with your friends yeah. and then you give some people milk they give you drinks <laughs> yeah. at the pub like it's yeah this yeah. is kind of simple life that i don't know just seemed very alluring i'm like right it is. don't, don't like try that. don't try to unfriend the guy though or i'll burn your house down all right yeah. right <laughs> The houses are are so fucking strong that when you burn it down, I can't all you believe do is you went lose. through it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I I love the finality of that and mm-hmm. um, yes, the uh, determination of you know, column says I've got a pair of shears at my house, and if you come and talk to me again, and every time you talk to me, I'm going to take one of my fingers off, and he fucking does it, and then okay. Podrick later on says. I'm gonna at Even at two o'clock. Tell I'm your dog come, to get out. I'm I'm gonna, yeah, there. put your dog outside because I'm gonna, at two o'clock. I'm gonna come burn your house down, and, and I'm not even gonna it. look to see if you're in it. But I hope you are because I'm gonna burn it down. And he does. He goes there. The dog's outside. He puts petrol on it. He lights the fire. And when he does, he he does actually look inside to see if Colm is in there. Who he is? Mm-hmm. He's he's sitting he's there, there, and yep. he decides to light oh, the fire anyways. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Determination both, yeah. on both sides. Mm-hmm. It took Patrick a little time to get there. You know, he just wanted to make peace and be friends. But then, you know, then he got that resolve. I think, you know, he everybody's got a breaking point. You know? I think at that point, Colin wanted to die. And then maybe yeah. during the fire, he realized that he didn't. This, you know, this movie needs some more rewatches. It's um, such mm-hmm. brilliant writing. Um, because it was after the fire that Colm is like, likes Podrick again and he's like you know the lines that I can't remember but the feeling of the movie I remember he's you know wants to be friends again and Podrick's saying no yeah you know we've gone too far we're we're at a peace right now but it's only going to come back to fighting again and they they mentioned the civil war like I haven't heard the haven't heard the bombing in a while and he's like yep I guess they're stopped for now so yeah, and and they really like nail the ending. That final shot is so good mm-hmm. uh, with the two of them on the beach, and just I don't know, it just everything was had such heft to it, had such weight to it. I don't know, I loved it so much. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, uh, I got to see it again. Like you said, Marky, it's like it's so, like I I want I want to do like a Martin McDonough marathon, you know, someday cool. soon. You know, he's just got, he's just, he's becoming one of my favorite filmmakers right now. Yeah. All right. Well, here's a question for both of y'all. 
Uh, where do you rank this one in Martin McDonough's films? Well, AJ, when we did this last episode, AJ yeah, said that he put number one, at the top. Right, AJ? Yeah, it's my favorite McDonough film, followed by Three Billboards, then In Bruges, or actually, yeah, Three Billboards in Bruges. I have not seen Seven Psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Marty, um, where are you at? For me, for me, uh, for me, I, I don't. Know, I think I still like In Bruges the best, but you know, you know how much I like gun violence and violence in general and mm. um i just that's a just i love that movie up and down talking about uh setting and cinematography uh and as we know in that movie the background is bruges belgium and it's yeah. in like winter christmas time and it's wonderful it's a like a fucking fairy tale mm. um so i think number one for me would be in bruges still it's been a while since i've seen it uh, two would be a toss-up between Banshees and Three Billboards. Um, I you really like you that. Have... Huh? It's good, good, good. Uh, I was just gonna say I really like Three Billboards. I have seen Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, I, yeah. It's it's a fantastic movie, but out of these four that he's done, I think it's the mm-hmm. lesser of the four. I mean, there's three powerhouses there at the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So we're yeah. we're definitely in a little bit different of a place at the top, but I think our you know our middle might be three billboards or whatever. But what about you, DP? You've seen Seven Psychopaths. I haven't seen Seven Psychopaths, no. But for me, Banshees is my second favorite. I I still I love Three Billboards. Um, God, that that movie yeah surprised me so much and was just so well done. God, I love the like I Woody Harrelson was so great in that movie and yeah, um, is... yeah everything about I loved Three Billboards. That one's my favorite. Sam, Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. Sam yeah, Rockwell, Rockwell was just Rockwell. chewing up scenery in that movie. So, good. so in, um, and Sam Rockwell, you know, is in Seven Psychopaths, and uh, again, he's mm-hmm. the one that's he steals the show in Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, so. terrific actor. We all know that. But yeah, and, and Bruce should be three. Banshees is two. So, so that's interesting. We have. Uh, very we, different we, top threes. Our threes yeah, are right? in different order. All right? three of us. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I, I I'm splitting the hairs on some of stuff. these, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah it, it, is. Really it really is. is because all of them are fucking vault worthy. You know. Yeah. Vault worthy. Um, Academy yeah. Award worthy. You know, there. You know, Banshees is going to get a lot of love at the Oscars. Uh, Three Billboards got a lot of love with mm-hmm. uh, McDormand and Rockwell. I think they both won Oscars, right? Yeah. Uh, did it win for writing? I don't remember. I'd have to look this up, but um, didn't win best maybe picture. best original screenplay or something. I think so. Maybe it won. Um, uh, Francis McDormand and Sam Rockwell won, but it did. It was nominated for uh, best picture, and Woody was nominated. Yeah, uh, it's a, the original score, screenplay, and editing were all nominations. But didn't wait, win, so, so Francis. One uh best leading actress, yeah, yep. that's cool. I didn't remember and, that. Yeah, Sam Rock. She's won like three, she's won three best uh actress awards. She's crazy, and she's good. a killer, yeah, she's yeah. crazy good. So, um, seven psychopaths, and she was a fucking crazy woman in that movie. I that's loved awesome. her, yeah. Ah. Seven psychopaths is uh a more, a more kind of like fun just crazy movie i guess like 
Uh, there's there aren't a bunch of underlying themes. It's almost more like a Tarantino movie where it's just kind of like wild and fun and the most violent out of all of them. Okay. Um, and like flashback stuff. And the uh, uh, Colin Farrell's character in this movie, his character's name is Marty. And he plays an Irish screenwriter. And mm-hmm. I think it's pretty obvious well, that it's supposed McDonough. to be oh, yeah, Martin yeah. McDonough. <laughs> And his character has, in this movie, his character has writer's block. And he's trying to think of what he wants to write for his next movie. Oh yeah. So it's, it's a very, yeah. yeah. It's almost like Martin kind of wrote a movie when he was trying to think of what to do for a movie. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, wow, we're running late. Let's, uh, let's move on to our next movie because I got a lot to say about this one too. <laughs> all right. So, our second movie of the night is the um not it's not a sequel, it's just another knives out. It's called a knives out mystery. It's Glass Onion, where our favorite foghorn, leghorn talking <laughs> <laughs> private detective world's ben, greatest detective. Benoit Blanc, who yeah, people t- he's very famous apparently in this movie. Um, he's famous in both movies. People just well, send him letters and hire him. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean in the second one, it's just it's more pronounced, I think. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, everyone knows him. Yeah. He's back and he's summoned to this um island uh, off the coast of Greece somewhere, right? Right. This private island owned by this billionaire uh inventor type guy played by Ed Norton who's invited all his friends for a weekend and a murder mystery party and blah, blah, blah. It's his uh, inner circle. They're, they're called the, what the uh, disruptors disruptors. Yes. Yeah. So Kate Hudson and Dave Batista and uh, I'm sorry, Catherine Hahn, uh, Leroy Odom and, and uh, yeah. uh, Leslie Odom, sorry, Leslie Odom Jr. And Catherine Leslie, Hahn, and yeah. Catherine Hahn. And they're all these, Different walks of life. Catherine Hahn's a politician, and Leslie Odom's some kind of scientist or yeah. something. Um, and um, Kate Hudson plays this fashion designer type. And uh, I keep missing. Yeah, him. Batista's, hey, Batista, uh, he's like, like this influencer. Yeah, he's like a yeah. YouTube, uh, Twitch, blah 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 influencer, mm-hmm. right wing, mega male asshole with a bunch yeah. of tats in them. <laughs> yeah muscular physique and they all gather to this place and Benoit Blanc shows up and it's clear that Edward Norton uh, the character has no idea why he's there because he sent these very specific invites to his inner circle which are these little puzzles in a box blah 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 and it turns out that he has uh, Edward Norton's character has all these people who are his friends basically under his thumb yeah, they all owe him in some way, and he's they're all them up, and he, yeah. he's propped them up, and they're all beholden to to him, except for this one person. We find out, spoiler alert, played by Jan- Janelle Monet. Monet, yeah, sorry, I'm losing my. Fox, she's awesome in this too. So. She's and great. she she was the she was the one that actually had like the original great idea between the two of them and their company and blah 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 blah. She's killed she got yeah sorry and and somebody shows up as well to the island and and, and we'll get into all that but marky glass onion thoughts feelings 
It was a very fun movie. I liked it very much. Um, loved the cast. Huge fan of Dave Bautista. I always liked Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, um, Catherine Hahn. Uh, I liked these people that I'm not as familiar with. Janelle Monet was fantastic. Leslie Odom Jr., fantastic. Uh, the assistant, Jessica Henwick. She was the assistant Man. to Catherine Hahn. Fantastic. Um, uh, Madeline Klein played David Chiesa's girlfriend, Whiskey. She was, yeah, fantastic. Um, so knockout cast. The, the you know, this real quick though, before I get into it, um, I saw something recently that, um, was his name? It was Ryan Johnson, DP. Is that the creator of the movie? Um, he was pissed that Netflix made him put glass or made him put uh, knives out in the title. He wanted it to just be Glass Onion. And he thought that viewers and fans would be intelligent en- enough to realize that it is a continuation in the series of Benoit Blanc. But Netflix made him put a Knives Out mystery <laughs> as a yeah. subtitle. I, I don't like that name. They, I, I agree they should have put something like uh, like a Benoit Blanc mystery or something. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's, the, he's the through line. It's not Knives it Out. Is. It is knives not Knives Out. But um, yeah, that'd be like calling every Sherlock Holmes story the Hound of the Baskerville story. Story, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, from like, the first it's, fucking. It's thing. about Benoit. It's not about. It, I yeah, yeah, AJ, you put that's a good way to put it. It should have been like, uh, yeah, some a sort Benoit of Blanc nod to Benoit or, Blanc. Yeah, um, I love the the Foghorn Leghorn um idea yeah. and the <laughs> someone someone uh you know i was reading up on this whenever i really like a movie i like to dive into like a subreddit or look online to see what other people were talking about it and right kind of they they catch things that i didn't see and it's kind of saves me uh another viewing immediately after and also just another fresh pair of eyes uh, especially if you're watching it by yourself then you don't have someone to kind of talk to the movie about it's like talking to people anyways um people were discussing this accent with Benoit Blanc and they were like, what the fuck is going on with this? And they put it is that he is playing a character, a caricature of a caricature. And so like the pronunciation is gone. Nobody talks like that. It's it's just gone so far beyond. And in that mm-hmm. aspect, I think it's genius because it is so exaggerated that it, it's just, entertaining and fun to listen to him talk if you can let it go and realize that that's not a real accent then it is fun mm-hmm. um i loved the nod to the kind of stereotypes that these other characters were playing um most mostly edward norton's tech billionaire character mm-hmm. uh, at one point they one of them says that uh one of the other characters was social networked <laughs> and <laughs> meaning that she had her idea stolen like he re- he used social network as a verb right. um and then i think ed norton's character is more closely written to elon musk um there's constant nods of these weird mm-hmm. ideas that he has and needs to push them through and even his sub companies um alpha something is the name of the company um you know and then dave batista is like we mentioned this is like the right wing like media personality 
Kate Hudson is this uh, influencer that has a clothing line. Like these are all kind of like modern moguls, so to speak. But I loved in the end, and I don't know if this is just well-timed, well-written, or if there's just like a global effort to dethrone Elon Musk. But at the end of the movie, when Benoit Blanc is like talking about Ed Norton's character, Miles Braun, and says, he's not a genius. He's a fucking idiot. (laughs) And at this time, so the 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 public opinion of elon musk has turned like 180 um after his purchase of twitter people are uh just you know not looking at him in the same way they used to think that he was just this brilliant genius man with all these ideas and now he really does feel like this miles Braun that just <laughs> happens to have money and took some people's ideas and is just full of shit so like i said i don't know if it's just well timed and well written or yeah, just... this was clearly like written and started before this... Elon like bought Twitter I, and everything. Right. And maybe know, maybe so. maybe Ryan Johnson met Elon yeah. Musk at one point and was like, yeah, you know what? Possible. Fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um but I you know, it's I didn't like this movie quite as much as Knives Out. Um I I did like I I there's a lot of fun, very enjoyable movie. Uh rewatchability uh more so than a lot of movies uh it'll be a little bit before i watch it again um great acting up and down the the mansion the i i got a little bit of um italian job vibes from edward norton with how he's just like shittily spending all of his money um i love the idea of the mona lisa getting destroyed spoiler so I like this movie for the most part. Um, I'm not going to gush about it, but uh, I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. And maybe it will kind of jog my memory about it because it was a week or so ago that I watched it, a week and a half. Mm-hmm. I I watched it for a second time today. Okay. Like I said, I, I fucking love it. Oh, my God. the Like the journey they take you on. So, like, as of obviously, second time through, very different than the first time through. The first time through, like, the whole first time, it actually, I noticed because I had to hit pause, like, it is exactly in the middle of the fucking movie is when, you know, it turns and they start unfolding everything. But for that first half, like, as a viewer, Janelle Monet was Andy. Right. And like that's all we knew. Oh, I don't you know. know we've said this explicitly. Uh there's a twin sister. Yeah. Yeah. So so she plays this character, as far as you know, in the first half of the movie, named Andy, who got screwed over by Ed Norton's character. Social networked. Yeah. He he stole her idea. And then because he financially was backing all these other people that we've already mentioned, um, they basically lied in court for him to screw her over. And so when she shows up at the island, everyone's kind of shocked, like, oh, my God, I can't believe she's actually showed up after what we did to her. And, uh, you know, it, it. then in the second half of the movie is when you find out that, you know, Andy's actually dead. This is her twin sister. And she brought Benoit Blanc there to, you know, try and find out who actually murdered her sister. And um, 
God, the the uh, what I the side characters in this are great. I fucking fucking love Kate Hudson. Her character Birdie, who you know, like I said, she's like this fashion designer, former model, and God damn, is she an idiot? Yeah, <laughs> but she is so funny, sweatshop, so lovable. That line, like, oh my God, please don't tell me that you thought sweatshop was just the place where they made sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> she just nods her head. <laughs> yeah. Oh. She was so dumb, but so lovable. So fucking awesome. Um, yeah, Batista's character, the big kind of jerk off, but, you know, still at first seemingly lovable, but then, yeah, it turns out he's kind of a dick too. And Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, they all are. Yeah, yeah, they're all fucking horrible, as you find out by the end. Um, and again, it, it takes some surprising turns because at the beginning, when Benoit Blanc shows up for the murder mystery party on the island, like m- my first thought was like, "Oh, okay, so it's going to be. There's not really going to be a murder. He's just going to try and figure out this murder mystery thing." And it's just so goddamn hilarious how he figures out the murder mystery before it even starts. Yeah, (laughs) He's like, nope, this happened, this is pointed this way, blah, blah, blah. Ruins the entire murder mystery before it even starts and completely pisses him off. Yeah, it's supposed to be a three-day like, (laughs) three-day investigation. And he's like, I had Jillian Flynn write this for me. (laughs) She's not she's not cheap. Which for the, for those who know, Jillian Flynn was the writer of uh, Gone Girl, which uh, uh, became a great fucking movie. She, you know, mystery novelist, and I, I, I took the I one, took the yeah. joke I took the joke as a uh, top tier uh, uh, mystery writer, but yeah, did not recognize the name. Yeah, yeah, she she's the Gone Girl writer. So, um, yeah, the, all the characters are so fun and interesting. Like. Um, yeah, Leslie Odom Jr. is like the uh, the genius and scientist. Yet, and you wonder, like, because at the beginning he is defending Edward Norton, saying, oh, like, you know, yeah, maybe he says some crazy things, but some of them pan out and blah, blah, blah. Right. Maybe he really is a genius. And as it goes on, you find out, like, at no point did he ever actually believe he was a genius. Right. He was, again, just sucking up because, you know, as to, uh, as was him. said, they were sucking on his golden tit. <laughs> yep. Um, I, uh, well, one last thing before we let Andy dive in. Uh, one thing that I thought was awesome with this movie. So um, near the beginning... Uh, when Edward Norton is describing to Benoit Blanc the um, uh, what it means to be a disruptor, uh-huh. he's like, you know, first you 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 break something small that you know everyone wants to see broken, and then you start breaking bigger things and bigger things until you destroy something no one wants you to destroy. That is exactly what fucking Andy slash Helen does at the end of the fucking movie. She breaks uh-huh. the fucking glass. And then she starts breaking the smaller and, and everyone's glass like, things, and bigger yeah. and bigger. And then she fucking destroys the Mona Lisa. <laughs> like oh, what he cool. laid out to Benoit Blanc is exactly what she did at the fucking end of the movie. Yeah, fucking brilliant. So well I didn't, written. I didn't catch up. Right. I didn't pick up on that. Um, yeah, the the other people that 
uh, were against her at that time were cheering her on when she yeah. starts crashing, starts the, breaking. Yeah, you start like, bringing cool, stuff, and people yeah. like you and get on board. Yeah, and, yeah. and then she takes exactly it to the next level, down. and they're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, she burns up on Lisa. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Locking I didn't, I didn't off. pick up on that. That's yeah. cool. All right, good. Now, AJ, where you at on Glass Onion? All right, so I'm not going to say I didn't like the movie. Mm-hmm, but you didn't like the movie? <laughs> but, I, but I loved Knives Out, and this one mm. wasn't nearly as good as Knives Out, in my opinion. Yeah, I, okay. In my opinion, I, I get it, I, I get it. And I thought that exact thing you're talking about, how you thought it was brilliant that Edward Norton's talking about this thing and that, and then later in the movie, I thought that was a little contrived. Some of that stuff was very contrived, mm-hmm. like the stuff was like sort of telegraph, like you almost like saw it coming. Uh, I guess I'm an idiot. I, I did not pick up on that. I love yeah. it. I, I didn't it. notice it till the second watching. Yeah. Mm. Some of it. Like, I guess it just, some of it felt. You're just smarter of, than us, AJ. No, I'm not. I just, more highbrow. Some of it just felt like a little contrived. Like, um, I thought the, the side, the four, the four like minions or whatever you want to call them, disruptors. I thought they were very all very one note. I don't agree about the Kate Hudson thing. I didn't think she was all that great. I thought she was okay. Hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess at times, but I don't know. It just felt like that he was like almost like borrowing a few things here and there from some of the knives out tricks I think and so. using them here. Huh? I think so. Yeah. And using them here and it didn't I don't know. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I'm not saying I saw all the like the moves coming or anything like that. I definitely was surprised by some of the stuff. Um, I was certainly surprised by the reveal of the twin sister thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was obviously a good surprise. Kind of a cheap trick, in my opinion. Whenever you just <laughs> unfold a uh, identical twin, like right, right, a little bit or a little bit. I'm saying I didn't see it coming. Doesn't mean right. it was something i thought was 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 a good thing to throw into the story i i guess i just i wasn't i was underwhelmed by it mm-hmm. underwhelmed or were you just whelmed <laughs> yeah maybe i was just whelmed was well, I, yeah. yeah i was just it wasn't overwhelmed it wasn't underwhelmed he was whelmed i've been yeah, i've been yeah, seeing it was that okay. it was okay i love it. and by the way i love edward norton love mm-hmm. edward norton he's one of my favorite actors of all time and i thought he was decent i mean he's a good actor so he's gonna do a good job with whatever material he's he's given and he did do a good job Always good. um yeah i just i don't know some of the flashbacks when they show her like you know sneaking around the compound i don't know that was mm-hmm. all like serving like plot devices and stuff it didn't all work for me um I, I did like the ending i did like the whole smashing of the glasses and stuff and destroying them like i i liked all of that and i liked their interaction at the end um mm-hmm. when when she said to him the, uh, the line about how you know because he always like he said on multiple occasions he wanted to be like remembered in the same right sentence or whatever as Mo- uh, as the Mona Lisa or something right. like remember, that's whatever. It. And 
And she said, well, now you got your wish, basically. Now you will. Right? Yeah, you will, because everyone's, you're going to be synonymous with the dis- destruction of this, this like, most famous, most famous painting. painting in the world. So, yeah, I, I think it went a little too, too, I don't know why you had the, I know why you had the Mona Lisa based on what they were saying, but it was, almost, was... it was almost too much, but right. But they could have they could have done like Starry Night or something. But, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I agree. But that was fun, you know. Yeah. Like the Louvre. It was. Money. It was. It was. Yeah. It was funny. It, it, yeah. Some yeah, of those things. So, so, yeah. Right. Money. Some of the things were funny, like the um, the whole idea of the that Porsche being in that little right. that like yeah. you know it what goes I mean everywhere with because me. he takes it everywhere and they're yeah. on an island so he can't drive it so he's got to put it in this yeah. where else would like why it? is it there. Oh, there's nowhere to drive it. Right. So I thought some of the like (laughs) some of the nods to like excess and things, Mm -hmm. and I love obviously the nod to the the glass song into the Beatles song and all that. Like I I I did like some of it for sure. Um, I guess you know what I'd like to watch it again actually at some point. Not not tomorrow, but like that's the way I feel about it, AJ. Like I think there is a a a decent amount of review replayability about it, but like not right out the gate um i want to kind of let it simmer a little bit and forget some things and then come back to it yeah because it's been yeah almost two weeks since i watched it the first time and yeah the second yeah. time through was fucking great like you because you know what's coming you you, you notice out the little things this time you're like oh oh like this time through i saw Edward Norton fucking hand the glass mm. the first, the first time? Yes. The first time. That's yeah. neat. No, no, the first time through, I didn't see it. But what no, no, I mean, no, 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 no. What, 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 I mean, what I mean is the first time. First time they show like, it, yes. The first time you they show it, not, it not the flashback. Right. Like yeah. the first time they show That's cool because the That's kind of cool. When when you're watching the flashback, when I was watching the flashbacks, yeah, they showed I felt like I was seeing the same thing because it was so smooth. Yeah, like well, movies like that. It to him. Yeah, like it's movies like, like that. I feel like I'm trying to pay attention to what's going in the background, but I did not notice that mm. in that the scene that it was shown in the first time. Right. Yeah. Can I uh, jump back in here? Because I, you know, knowing that this is going to be a murder mystery movie, um, I like how Dan put it. The first half of the movie, you're trying to figure out what's going on, um, and then the second half of the movie kind of. Uh, explains it to you or spills and or gives you some and yeah. then you start seeing that um so and the in knives out you start with a murder and then it works its way from there which i loved one, i thought that i did was too really smart yeah. this one you don't even find out what the murder is until halfway what, through the yes. movie yeah <laughs> i kept i kept wondering who was going to get killed i'm like all right so i kept pegging andy i'm like andy's going to be the one to get it because everyone hates her like everyone's got mm-hmm. a motive against andy yeah, and um, you were right. You it just in a different earlier. way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you, weren't, then, you weren't wrong. Yeah. And then I thought that uh, it was going to be Ed Norton's character because mm-hmm. everyone had a, a reason to hate that. him. Yeah. And they all did, but they also needed him. Um, yeah. I did not see Dave Batista's character getting uh, the axe. Yeah. But um, the I didn't quite understand why he did because it was i know that de patista 
his phone pinged that he found that uh, real life Andy had died. Yeah. And then he mentioned something to Miles. And yeah. it said something he about him going on He basically told Miles, like, he was hey, I know him. she's dead, so... He blackmailed him. Yeah, uh, you give me what I want, and I'll keep it quiet. Yeah, He's so like, hey, yeah, no how about... That, okay. so can we talk about Alpha News? He's like, oh, yes. yeah, buddy. Like, God, he was okay. blackmailing him in the moment. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, I gotta, I gotta get rid of him. Yeah. The, the, um, the I guess, like... um smile happy nature of miles saying like yeah buddy you got it that threw oh, me yeah, off. yeah 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 because... yeah because i think he wanted to disarm him in that moment just right to, yeah you know because they were partying and he was like oh yeah 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 whatever you want buddy yeah and i'm gonna hand you this drinking with, with not not poison in it but something he was allergic to right it was a pineapple yeah. juice pineapple yeah. yeah yeah and he just killed him with it yeah so you know he just just and that was pretty extreme yeah yeah, pretty extreme like i don't as think far he as want, writing he probably right but he probably didn't want to go through the whole uh now i gotta deal with this blackmailing well no i think he's already killed off, somebody like, and he's he's yeah, got no problem right he's already it. tasted he's, it he's, he knows he's how got to no do problem it. killing people he's got no problem with it but it's also like the aggravation of him like and he, just, he knew off him. he knew out of everybody that uh dave batista's character um had seen him leave the scene of right. andy and yeah. death too right yeah. that was the other part of it like he yeah. almost got in the accident remember like mm-hmm. wait he mm-hmm. almost spilled the beans when they were out of the pool like remember when you pancaked me and like i think everyone yeah, in front of that. andy anderson cooper's birthday party yes he, he like <laughs> deflected right right make right. sure it wasn't Just it wasn't really, but it would have done like he he wouldn't want anyone knowing uh that she was actually dead at that point at that point yeah Yeah. no so um yeah there was some intricate little details that i think i would need to see again to to see you know how it was done in the moment to see like Mm -hmm. sometimes you see a movie and you're like oh and they show you the flashback was that really was that really how it went down like the passing of the glass Mm -hmm. but but it did go down that way. That's fun. Yeah. I didn't right. realize that. It did yeah. go down that way. Like where they it did pass on the glass and 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 there was a lot of pl- like little convenient little things though where like you know Daniel Craig did actually take the bottle of like hot sauce. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner hot sauce. Yeah. Right. <laughs> had it in his his pocket. Blah 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 blah. Jared you Leto's know, hard kombucha. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I love that. These are nine percent. <laughs> Oh, the Jared Leto hard kombucha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, um, and she and Janelle Monae's and whether Helen's getting hammered off them. Yeah, walking I, around the compound. I loved I mean, how um, Janelle Monae was good too. By the way, yeah, I loved her. She was, and I loved that first half of the movie when I was trying to figure out and piece together what was going on. Um, side note, I loved how they modeled this around uh, COVID. This was like 2019, 2020. Mm-hmm. So people were wearing masks. Um and Benoit Blanc just shows up to the island like thank you for having me here you know just got a dumb smile on his face like this is yeah. lovely <laughs> and you know you don't find out until later the second half of the movie he's infiltrated and yeah. same with uh, Andy's twin sister they're they're both playing this thing but yeah. the two of them that that dynamic <laughs> in that first half of the movie is you know Benoit Blanc's just like happy to get out of the house. Uh, 
Andy's there, like super mysteriously, like everyone's very standoffish. Like, why is she here? And she's just mm-hmm. over there by herself. Later, find out she's over there shitting her britches because she doesn't want to get found out that she's the twin sister. And Benoit Blanc is hamming it up, pretending that he's just here to have a good time. Thanks for having me, but he's actually on the case. You know so. what I? You know what I did catch? I will tell you this. I did catch this. Okay. Okay. No lie. <laughs> the first time you see the scene where. Helen gets shot. Okay. First time you see it, like, yeah, when they're all running around the house, the lights have been turned off. Whatever. Mm-hmm. She runs up to Benoit Blanc. He says he calls her Helen in that moment. Mm. Yes. He called her Helen. And I was like, why the fuck is he saying Helen? Because they hadn't revealed that yet. Right. They hadn't Ooh. revealed any of that, but he called yeah. her Helen. And at that point, I was like, what the fuck huh? is he calling her Helen? Was that just was that just like a weird? Did I hear that wrong? And I went back like I went back thirty seconds. And I was like, let me look at the um, subtitles. Mm. Did he like because her name's Andy? And he no, he called her Helen. Fun in that moment. Yeah. So that's another little thing there where I think that was very in- intentional. Yes, yeah. Um, sort of talking myself into liking this movie more, right. but um, <laughs> <laughs> well, and hearing Danny Dan talk about it too, I'm like, I so I Dan, I like let me let me let me let me ask you because mm. when Marky and I when, <laughs> when Marky <laughs> and I both um, first gave our initial sort of impressions of the movie, and we said that we like Knives Out better, your reaction was sort of like, "What? Do you yeah, like this I'm... one better than Knives Out?" <sighs> It's very close. I I don't know if I do though. I mean, again, because I just rewatched it, and so it's so fresh in my mind. I like it more. But now that when I actually give it some thought, I know it's close. It's really it's a toss up. So I have to say, um, because it's easy to come. It's not. It's like so. um, Like one of those things where you're obviously comparing between the two movies. Right. Yeah. Because it's the same main character, you know, like protagonist Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, in that world or whatever. I thought Chris Evans was a better like villain than Edward Norton was just Mm -hmm. in the in Knives Out. I thought he was just the better he was the better character. Well there was I think there was a better mystery in Knives Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um The... This one, I, I liked all the side characters in this one more, though. Yeah. Like, like Batista and Kate Hunt. I fucking love Kate. That's Hunt. the thing. I didn't uh, like them as much. Oh, I, I loved yeah. Michael Shannon. I thought Catherine Hahn, Amy Lee Curtis, awesome, and know. Tony Collette. Like you can Like I thought they were amazing. Yeah, Don Johnson. Don Johnson. Like I thought the, the whole family dynamic between all of them was mm-hmm. freaking hilarious. Um, yeah, I yeah. I like them. You yeah. know, if, if if I can go ahead and pitch in here is uh knives out this this family with these outstanding actors actresses in this cast in this uh mm-hmm. this um long lasting kind of wealthy family that was right. just fixated there that in itself is a great story mm-hmm. and then with knives out or i'm sorry glass onion um almost a more modern contemporary story yeah. um, not that i know billionaires are, but... a, a more wide array of characters like they were yes all very different from each other and yes I, yeah 
And, but, and again, I thought it's so funny. I appreciated yeah. the. I, I I like them. I like them both very much. I think I still like Knives Out a little bit more, but I I appreciate the uh, the difference and the scope of the characters. Like no no yeah. one character is anywhere near another one. That's right. a lot of different characters yeah, that have a lot of that's different. That's why I like. Um, I appreciate that Ryan Johnson is taking on the genre, and that mm-hmm. I want to see another one of these. I did too. Mm-hmm. They're fun. I do. I yeah, want to keep see bringing one. me Benoit Blanc, baby. I love it. Yeah. I think um, this one. You know what? I have to say about this one. They do take some stuff from Knives Out, but mm-hmm. the story and the setting and the characters are so much, much different between the two movies. Yeah. There's a differentiator, and the, and the and the one common denominator is Benoit Blanc. Obviously, like I said, there's, World's greatest there's some, detective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. There's some there's some similarities between like some of the little tricks he uses and stuff between the two, but the story is much much different between the two. The setting is much much different. Yeah. The relationship mm-hmm. between the ensemble cast is is so much different that you know I want to see. Another uh, the third movie be an, uh, another setting, you know. I, I'd love to like. I'd love Keep to talk seeing. about what that. Sh- I'd love to talk about when we have more time. What that should mm-hmm. be, who be the fun. ensemble cast should be, like what Ooh. that should look like. You know what I mean? Well, once we what get should be the next. Idea, what should be right? the next Benoit Blanc mystery? I like Let's it. Talk. I like that a lot. Because I let's, think let's put a pin in that because that's a good idea, AJ. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I just thought of, and I'm sorry for interrupting your good idea. No, 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 this, no. Is, this is this is very stupid here. What I'm it about only to say. happens every you know once every ten years. So that's right. <laughs> Go ahead and mark that down, DP. You got yeah, a timestamp on that. AJ's yeah. good idea for ten years. Yeah. Um, okay, you got until twenty thirty-three, AJ. Okay. <laughs> have you guys noticed this uh, uptick in maybe? I'm just now noticing them. But I feel like there's this uptick in just like random cameos. Like, so for instance, in this movie, we get Ethan Hawke and Hugh Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, Not just that, but actually, this was something I want to bring up. That scene at the beginning when Benoit's in the bathtub uh-huh. and he's like online and it's fucking Natasha Leone. Oh, Natasha Leone. And yeah. Kareem yes. Abdul Jabbar. Yes. Not even playing characters, just themselves. He's yes, hanging it says, out it talking says Kareem, to Kareem. And it says yeah, Natasha. Natasha. Like, <laughs> I fucking thought that scene was hilarious. So, and then in Bullet Train, you get Channing Tatum and mm-hmm. uh, and Ryan Reynolds, and yeah. and then in um, uh, what was the Lost City of uh, or Lost? It was the, the Channing Lost Tatum City? Lost yeah. City. You get well, that was more of a cameo. That was a small role of with Brad mm-hmm. Pitt. Um, and then Deadpool, you had Brad Pitt. There's just like this new trend to me. It seems like of just like. Almost yeah. like a buddy system of like, hey, cameo yours, cameo mine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been interesting and fun. So yeah, but then Ethan Hawke giving out vaccines at the dock. Uh, Hugh Grant's yeah. like Benoit Blanc's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, no, random who, Serena Williams. Like, you, you guys want to do a workout now? Wait, who like, was giving out vaccines oh, yeah. at the dock? Ethan, Ethan Hawke. Hawk. That was Ethan Hawke? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's he why says, CW loves this movie so much. He said, "You're good." He, he's he wanted more Ethan Hawke. He told me he's like, "I need more Ethan Hawke." Oh, that's that's right. I forgot how much yeah. he uh, loves and adores Ethan Hawke. Yeah, 
Actually, speaking of which, TW, we know you love Ethan Hawke. Is there anything else you love? I love little children. Oh, of course you do. That's right. That's one of his (laughs) favorite things that he likes to remind us about. How could we Um, forget? Can can I say one other scene that I fucking love that made me laugh so hard? Um, Like right off the top there when they're all trying to figure out how to open the box and, you know, doing all that shit. Batista's mother is the one that's really figuring everything out. Like I thought that was great. But then they cut to, you know, Janelle Monet, and she just takes a hammer and smashes the it, box apart, and gets right. the invitation just the same. <laughs> right. It just show. It just goes to show you like how under his thumb they were. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah, they, they all just... played along with it. She just smashed right. it open and got the fucking they thing just, out. They yeah. played the game because he wanted them to. He was mm-hmm. the pop, he was their puppet ma- puppet master. Big mm-hmm. time. And um, wow, yeah. I, I love the. Uh, I didn't. I didn't pick up on this on the end uh, in the, watching the movie because I'm half idiot. But in the end, when Benoit Blanc is giving his spiel of you know dive, divulging, and this is actually very fitting because I don't think I mm-hmm. used the right word there. Um, Benoit Blanc points out every time that Edward Norton used the wrong word. Yeah. In, in, in yes. the wrong yeah. yeah. And and then and then after and that and then after he ran through that, it happened at least once or twice more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he rolled his eyes, I think. At yeah. <laughs> You're an idiot. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's but it cracks me up because my, my friends and I like we do that so goddamn much. Like my vocabulary is just a hair better than my friends. And they'll use the wrong word. I'm like you fucking idiot! And then like a second later, I'll you know butcher yeah, the English did, language myself. Doesn't Edward Norton say like so dumb that it's smart? And and, and Benoit Blanc's like, no, it's just dumb. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I loved how they finally came to grips that he is not a genius. He's a yeah, goddamn he is idiot. An idiot. And so like <laughs> at the, all those faxes at the beginning that he's sending, like yeah. And like one of them panned out, and he's like, "See, he is a genius." Like children equals NFT, and then the kids' crypto took off. Blah blah. No, he's just a fucking idiot that yeah. faxes the dumbest shit that comes out of his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved. I fucking loved that reveal that he was a complete and total moron, right. yet somehow is still a billionaire with his own island off the fucking coast of Greece. On the Ionian Sea. Because <laughs> that's like, the Aegean Sea, you idiot. <laughs> even like he was playing like um, Blackbirds or something. Yeah, when, Blackbird. When they, when Blackbird when they first showed up. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, yeah, this is, John, this is John's guitar. And he just tosses the guitar down <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, wow. Oh, goodness. Yeah, he's playing Blackbird. He's playing Blackbird. Um, yeah, for the birdie. movie's called uh, For Birdie. It does the glass song in that's it was a lot of Beatles stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I don't true. I don't know. Like you guys have a like a real deep knowledge for uh like song names and albums and mm-hmm. stuff. That's yeah, that's Glass Song in is a Beatles song. They play it okay. at the end. They play it at the end. Yeah, during the end credits, they play okay. the yeah, they play it right yeah. at the end. Yeah, it's a cool song. But he's um, playing Blackbird on the guitar and he'd like 
he makes like he's playing Blackbird for Birdie. Oh, so yeah. on the nose, it's right. obnoxious. Oh, it's right? my song. It's like, and right. the guitar Paul wrote it on. Right. And then just and then just tosses the guitar down the ground. Like like he has oh, no fucking that hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was painful. Right. At the 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 wrap up, the end of the movie was kind of weird, but um I, I guess um justifiable in its own way, like a little bit of justice, you know, because he wins, like he's a billionaire and he's like I'm going to win. I'm going to beat you. Like my, my team of lawyers, all that, like you, you can't get me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Andy's sister, I forget. Helen. Uh, Helen um, starts smashing the glass and then goes into this whole plan, takes the lighter, starts the fire, hits the safety measure, burns the Mona Lisa, um, explodes the house, throws the hydrogen fuel right. in the fire. And then, How the fuck did nobody get hurt when she threw that very you know, dangerous right? hydrogen thingy? The whole house was that, blowing up. Yeah, and that and that was the and that was the reason Andy got killed was because she wasn't signing off on that yeah. and doing that. And 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 um, you know, Leslie Odom Jr.'s character was like talk trying to talk him out of doing this it. is too dangerous, yeah. Too dangerous. And she throws that thing, it blows it up, nobody gets hurt. Yeah, you know, in the in the movie, yeah, it's, it's like it, plot oh, armor. Like, it yeah, is, it's plot time. armor, and like it, it almost big makes it time. look like all the gas goes to the top, you know, and then like the right. onion blows up at the top, and the onion blows up, and then the car. Oh my god, the car! Yeah. Oh. yeah, but regardless of, of the like plot armor of all the characters not dying, I just thought it was kind of nice how this guy that does have billions of dollars and quite rightfully not right literally would win in any kind of court against this person that doesn't have his resources she just tanked him he's not going to go to jail maybe um Mm -hmm. but he's ruined forever Um, oh yeah her her sister that is dead it's sad that uh he won't get charged for murder maybe but he lost i guess they do kind of allude when they're talking it's a little on the murky. stairs. Yeah. On the end, uh, the other characters yeah. are like, you know, they, what? I, they do remember. Say, I do remember seeing him drive away from yes. her house. Yeah. Right. So I um, do remember her writing that on the napkin, whatever. Yeah, they exactly. all say something. Yeah. At, at one point, when I first finished watching the movie, I thought, like, well, he still gets away with murder. But then I was like, well, I guess he doesn't win, though. And but then I, I kept flipping flip-flopping back and forth about the justice about it you know i do I mean? have one i do have one question though mm-hmm. why did he keep the envelope why not just destroy the fucking yeah, thing that's some more plot armor stuff like yeah or whatever oh, that's that's it. what one of them said Catherine Allen was like i remember him burning uh, burning the the napkin yeah yeah like you know she, they're all they're all like ready to confess or, or um, you testify rather, mm. if given the chance, right know, on I, the stairs. I guess, I guess yeah, I guess. Right. Um, but they all perjured themselves. Yeah, the first, I say in the first court hearing, they all perjured themselves. So yeah, uh, they're gonna have to admit to perjury to, to go exactly, back. Exactly, exactly. But they can all say they did see him driving away from our house, at least. So. They can, and yeah. you know what? He destroyed the Mona Lisa. So yeah, and they uh, did see that done. too. He's done. <laughs> that's so. That's that's pretty much it, though. Like he got away with murder. 
and got away with everything else. But his, all of his companies, uh, you know, hypothetically are done. Like, so he's, he's tanked. He's done. Like everything's yeah. finished. Right. So he loses, but right. he still got away with murder. Bankruptcy. Probably all that stuff is on the way for him. Like he's right. done. Yeah. I guess that's, that's okay. But her sister, I guess that's how you take down a billionaire. Her yeah. sister was right. murdered. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just kill him. Yeah, just fucking kill him. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Benoit even tells her, like, you know, there's only so much I can do. You know, like I like I'm, I can tell yeah. you who did it, but you know, I can't fucking arrest them. I I can't put him in jail. I can just show you the truth. He seemingly the same thing happened in Knives Out, right? I mean, actually Chris Evans went to jail, right? But the rest of them did a bunch of heinous shit. Mm-hmm. And all yeah. they did was all they did was lose the mansion. To, yeah, to, but, to but yeah, Chris Chris Evans. Uh, someone got him on tape um, when he admitted to the murders. That's right. That's right. That's was right. Like that was a real confession. Clever ass shit right there. Yeah. Um, and then in the will um, from Christopher, was that Plummer. his name? Plummer. His character wrote everything to uh, to Marta. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then that was that beautiful shot at the end of Knives Out where she's holding the cup mm-hmm. of coffee and she's looking yeah, down. Sta- standing, up, standing on the balcony there. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking beautiful. While they're all standing in the driveway, like mm-hmm. looking up at their, her. It's not the house, their house anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I want to watch that. Knives Out again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I did. I did like that scene though at the end of uh, Glass Onion when, uh, Daniel Craig goes on to like the beach, sits on that chair and lights a mm-hmm. cigar. And then there's Daryl or whatever the fuck his name is, is smoking a yeah. joint next to him. They never explain that guy. Yeah, it's just Daryl. He's going he's through just some there the whole time. Just ignore me. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, there's a... wa- he just walks through scenes like, I'm not yeah. here. You know, there's Here's like the guy on the couch from fucking Half Baked. <laughs> there's, a, there's a fake Zillow listing of that house. Um, because I I follow the Zillow Gone Wild Instagram account, which is oh wildly popular, and they had <laughs> this they had this house on there, and I clicked on the link to look at it on Zillow, only to find mm-hmm. out that it's just a Netflix promotion. The wow. list the the guy listing oh this God. house is Daryl. Oh, on the, on the... <laughs> that's fucking awesome. It is funny as shit. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, because if you read the description of the house, it says uh, a wonderful, you know, it's it's the typical architect or uh, real estate speak of uh, this beautiful home, blah, 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 blah. But then it says personally curated by Miles Braun himself. And then it goes on to say, and you're like, wait a minute, what the fuck? And you see the listed by Daryl. So... <laughs> I like Pretty when, I like I like when people promote their movies, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I mean I mean overall, like I said, whelmed, but you know, it's got that DNA and you know give me more. I'd like to watch it again. I'd like to watch yeah. it again. Yeah. I am I, I am a sucker I, for that whole mystery. Like I love Sherlock Holmes. I fucking, yeah, yeah. My favorite TV shows are all fucking mystery shows like that, you know, psych and monk and shit like that so yeah i i I enjoyed it quite a bit um good 
What do you guys think? You want to you want to give our uh, five star uh, rankings on both of these movies? Sure. Sure. All right. So I'll start with the one we started with, Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, I'll give mine first. Out of five, I give Banshees four and a half stars. It's almost four and three quarters, but uh, because I think uh, three billboards is a little better, so that one's four and three quarters. I'll do four and a half for, for Banshees. All right, I'll go next. Um, it was my favorite film of the year, um, mm-hmm. but five star ratings are reserved for just certain films in my life. Right, yeah. So Very this is four point four point seven five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. And I'm going to go with the four and a half because I, I think you guys are rating it very accurately mm-hmm. um, and appropriately for what you guys have been saying. And I agree with DP. Love this movie. Um, and I, I put it number five on my list of top ten of mm-hmm. the movies that came you out did. in 2022. Yeah, I think I had a four. Four. Yeah, yeah, you guys are right on brand here. I had it one, so I'm a notch or yeah. so above you guys. So Yeah. Um, all right, glass onion. I'll start off. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was whelmed, didn't hate it. I had a lot of en- I, I found a lot of enjoyment in it, but I also found some flaws. So right now I'm at 3.5. Oh, okay. okay. Out of five. Um God, I'm I'm just on uh, uh, hmm. It's a toss-up between four and a half and four and a quarter. But, you know, Banshees is the better movie. So I'm going to give four and a quarter for Glass Onion. Yeah, 4.25. I fucking loved it. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely over four stars, but not quite as good as Banshees. So, yeah, four four and a quarter. Marky, what do you got? Um, uh, I was thinking more like three and a half, but I liked it mm-hmm. more than I think AJ did. So I'm going to give it three and five eights. That's a 3.625. I fucking love Marky's rankings. All right. <laughs> 3.625. You know, yeah. I, I work yeah. in an industry that deals with a lot of fractions. So right. and, yeah. and these fractions <laughs> often find themselves in decimal points and then metric and bullshit. Yeah. Fuck the metric system. Look, it, it's, it's, a, it's a decent film. And I, I think my rating could go up on it on subsequent viewings like i don't mm-hmm. know i'd love i to think go you'll back. enjoy it more the second i'd love to go I back do. i'd love to go back dan and see some of these scenes played out originally and see if i see what's going on in the scenes a little more sharply and mm-hmm. and catch them before before benoit reveals everything to me you know what i mean i mean that's the yeah. thing about these movies right it's like you're trying to figure it out before benoit tells you right. <laughs> and you don't or before you, sherlock tells you or before you uh, didn't Hercule know that Perot tells you you know you didn't know that benoit knew before you in this one right i didn't yeah. well it, it also in knives out i guess too like he, he reveals later as soon as he got there that he knew that marta uh by seeing that little dot of blood on her shoes that she has something pretty significant to do with it and he just kind of played dumb Lovely character, Benoit Blanc. I do. I love there Benoit. Is. I want more. I can't wait for you're, more. I think you're going to get more, and I think, I think so too. Yeah, I think it's the movie council's job to try to guess what that's going to be eventually. So. I agree. Yeah, that's I fun. That I like that idea. That's going to be a fun episode. I can't wait yeah. to do that. that Let's talk more great. about that. 
Yeah. You guys, you guys ready to uh, sign off? Yeah. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. For yeah. Now. Let's yeah. get out of here. It's been a long one. Um, mm. So for Dan and for Marky, for myself, good night from the movie night. council. <laughs> night, night. Peace out. Which, oh, yeah. like, I would rather fucking eat glass than watch. Uh... <laughs> the movie council is adjourned.